0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. So last week we saw two blind men. Do you remember? There was blind Bartimaeus and the other blind man, we don't know his name. But we do know that when they heard Jesus was coming, they needed an encounter with him and they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. And the crowd told them, hey guys, would you be quiet? You're ruining our image. We, we want to rub shoulders with Jesus, and, and actually, he heals their blindness, and they don't rub shoulders with Jesus. They become a part of Jesus' team, and they travel with him the rest of their life. They were men who lived in the shadows. You may remember the week before, we had a story about a guy who lived in the shadow named Nicodemus. Uh, he came to Jesus at night in the shadows, and he's the first person to ever hear this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Could you imagine being the first person to hear John 3.16 and you heard it from the lips of Jesus? Well, just pretend like it was a good thing because it really was. It was an amazing thing. And then he looks at Nicodemus and he said, I didn't come to judge the world or condemn the world, but that through me the world might be saved. And today I want us to look at a woman who lived in the shadows. She needed an encounter with Jesus. And John 4 talks about her. It says that Jesus was tired and as he went from, uh, from the journey, and he sat down at Jacob's well, kind of like the well right here. And it was about noon, and that's important to the story. And When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. There was prejudice back then that Jews and Samaritans didn't get along at all. And the law forbid any man to talk to any woman in public that wasn't his wife. And so now he's speaking to her. He's addressing her. Why is she there at noon? No, No woman in her right mind would come in the noonday sun and bring her water pot to the well. It was too much work. But she came in the noonday sun to be scorched in the heat because she was tired of the scorching of guilt and shame and the wagging of gossiping tongues about her life. Many of you know the story. She says to Jesus, hey, listen, you you, you don't even have any water pots. You don't have a rope that's deep enough to get in the bottom of Jacob's well. How are you going to draw water? And then he looks at her and says, Well, you came to draw natural water, but if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. And she go he says to her, Would you go home and get your husband? Some of you know the story. And Jesus says, get him. And she replies, I have no husband. And Jesus says, that's right. And the man you're living with now isn't your husband. And preachers have preached about this woman for thousands of years and make her out to be a woman of shame and scorn. But can I tell you something about this woman? This woman had been rejected five times. You see, in Jesus' day, all you had to do was give your wife a letter of divorce and send her on her way, and that was it. She had no leverage. She had no recourse. She could not divorce him, but he could divorce her. She had been rejected five times by five different men. And somebody says, well, well what's about this guy that she's with now that Jesus says is in her husband? Well, guess what? In Jesus's day, a man could get a lower-class woman, and that's what women who were divorced were called back in that day and bring them as a part of their concubine or a second wife. And so Jesus is saying to her, even the man you're with now is not your legal husband. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. Okay, that's not so good. But anyway, she was. Guess what she found in Christ? Somebody who would love her just as she was. I remember meeting a man years ago. He was in trouble with his family, and later he was in trouble with the law. And I talked to him about his life, and you know what he told me? He goes, I, I just got to get my act together. I said, no, you need an encounter with Jesus. He says, well, well, yeah, but I got to get myself cleaned up first before I come to him. I said, no, no, Jesus takes us just as we are with all our guilt and all our shame and all our dirt and all our, all our messes. And he said, no, no, I've got to get my act together. And he said, Bernie, let me tell you something. You don't know about me. My grandfather was a Southern Baptist preacher. I said, well, that's really good. Well, see, see, that's in my lineage. I said, listen, having a grandpa who was a preacher doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Or sleeping in your car or sleeping in your garage makes you a car. He goes, Well, I guess you're right. See, this woman thought she had to get her act together. So she goes through and rehearses all the theology she can muster about worship. Can you imagine she's telling Jesus about the theology of worship, how we worship? And Jesus tells her, Well, there'll be a day coming and, and you, will, you will worship the Messiah. And yes, we know He's coming. And, he, and then he, he says, I'm Him. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. And by the way, worship is not a ritual. Worship is not just a theology. Worship is done in spirit and in truth. Whenever our spirit connects with God's spirit and we speak truth in the midst of our reality, as Tommy said, that God is good in the midst of all that we face, in all that we face, that God is good. That's worship. So, I love what John four thirty nine says. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, this is the man that told me everything I ever did. This woman who was outcast by society encounters Jesus. And i said this to you every week, and I'll say it again. When Jesus encounters you, he'll never leave you the same. He'll always do a deeper work in your life. He takes this woman who was scorned and makes her a missionary. <laughs> and many began to believe. But there's a part of the story that's fascinating to me. It, it's, it's resonated in my heart for years. It says in John, John 4 that this lady left her water jar and went back to town. She put the water jar on the side of the well. In other words, she forgot the original intention of why she came to the well She came for H2O, but she met the living H2O. She met Jesus, and she she ran back to the city. See, whenever you come to God for one thing, he'll do something else in your life, and you'll forget why you came originally. But if that weren't enough, we go to another group of people in John 7, just, just three more chapters, and it's the last day of the feast, it says, the great day. And Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has says, out of his or her heart will flow rivers of living water. The same message he told the woman at the well is the message he told these people on the great feast. Now, why would Jesus stand up in the temple and declare this passage, declare this, this narrative? It's because they would come for seven days with gold hand hammered uh, uh, water pots and they would go to the pool of Siloam. Some of you remember the pool of Siloam. I don't have time to tell you the whole story. But that's when Jesus put the mud on the blind guy's eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. It was a pool of healing. It was a pool of baptism. It was a therapy pool. And they would go and get water in golden uh, water pots and pour them out on the altar in worship to remind them of the days that Jesus provided water for the children of Israel in the wilderness. And while water's being poured out, let's say this is the altar, water's flowing down to the ground, they're watching it, Jesus stands up and says, um, you see that water? That's not real water. What? No, that's not real water. Because your spirit can't drink of that. But if your spirit drinks of me, Jesus, the living water, you will never thirst again. With the imagery of water flowing down, Jesus says, I am the living water. John 7, 37, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Just a question, are you thirsty today? Is there something inside your soul? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you fed up? Are you just like, I don't want to do this anymore? Or maybe you've been a Christian a long time, and it's just kind of become mundane. It's just something you do. I would just love to press you a little bit to know that we have a Jesus who's come to be with us. He's here, right here, and he longs to fill you with his his water. If you're not saved, you give your life to Christ by believing in him who died on the cross and rose again from the dead. I will never stop preaching that message because that's the message that allows us to have the power of salvation and eternal life. It's the message that says, for God so loved you that he gave his son for you that if you, you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. And for those of you that have been, been with Christ before, maybe you need to leave your water jar. In other words, the things that you are expecting and hoping for and longing for is not really what you need. You need the one who can quench your thirst, just like he does mine every single day when I go to him. And sometimes I'll go to him and say, Lord, can you quench my thirst? And I'll usually hear this from heaven. I've just been waiting for you to show up. (laughs) All I want you to do is show up. Tommy sang one of my favorite songs, When All Is Said And Done. Lord, you're all I want. And I pray that that would be your heart today. If you thirst today, come to Christ If you thirst today and you need him to do something for you, I would encourage you today to find a quiet spot, a a private place, and just be alone with God and say these words. I am thirsty. Lord, I need you. I'd like to invite you to repeat some words after me, kind of like if we were in church, okay, because we are. Would you say these words with me today? Jesus, I believe. Go ahead. Jesus, I believe. You're the source of life and peace. Let's say it. You're the source of life and peace. Come fill my thirsty soul. Come fill my thirsty soul. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. From my heart out to the world. From my heart out to the world. Lord, let it be outpoured. Let it be outpoured. Living water. Fill us up. Living water flow from us, and we will never thirst again. For we will know where to go for our living water. It is you, Lord. Lord, we leave our our water jars, all that we expect. We leave our rejection, our pain, our hurt, our past, our sin, and we come to you afresh, Jesus. Living water, we give you our lives in your mighty name. Amen, amen.
1: Jesus, we believe you're the source of life and peace. Come fill our thirsty. And let the river flow from my heart's out to the Living water, living water Flow from from us, us, flow from us us. And Jesus, we hear You're the Lord, Messiah, King Bring us new life and hope Sing living water. Whoa. blessings we can drink the blessings of your spirit and we drink it Yeah. No. Our Father's Lord of Lords. Our Father's King of Kings. Our God is in control. Yeah. is stronger than all sickness. There's healing in his hands. Oh, he's stronger than addiction. He sets the captives free. Oh, he's stronger than depression. His joy is our strength. Yeah, he's stronger than the dark.
0: today's message please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church thank you so much for listening